Thanks for downloading this IMSA Radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA Radio wherever they get their podcasts. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. Hello everybody and welcome along just before 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Good to have you company this fast Friday. Busy weekend even though we've only got two championships uh, and two classes in each of those championships here at Lime Rock Park uh, in Connecticut for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship and the uh, Mission Pilot Challenge. Um, it's all squashed together so we're Squeezing it all in, which means we've got plenty of action for you today with two qualifying sessions to come. But before that, we're back with the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship FCP Euro Northeast Grand Prix. It's free practice too, and it's live next on IMSA Radio. The WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. Let's head straight down to the uh, to the pit lane here at, at Lime Rock Park. Shea Adam is there for us. Uh, major problem, well, not a major problem, a couple of minor problems, actually, in that first free practice session. Rick Ware Racing had some damage when Aidan Reid hit the... Tire bundles going up through the uphill when he took the full course rather than the the bus stop, and also a clutch problem share for the uh, for the uh, Carbon Lamborghini as well. What can you tell us about either or both of those wee issues from earlier on? As of yet, uh, no. So we report on the people, but we do have the Lamborghini back out. It came out onto the pit lane of its own accord. That's the good news. So I would assume that the clutch issue has been rectified, but here to ask as of yet, just Steve Dynan sitting up on the box, and I don't really want to bother him at this point in time. I'll wait for or Robert McGinnis, but yeah, the uh, Acura is still strangely absent as the session is set to begin in under five minutes' time, but the good news for them was all they needed was a new nose, and Acura happened to have one of those on the truck, so very fortunate running for them. It has gotten a lot hotter since this morning's practice as well, John. Uh, temperatures rising up into the 90s, or at least the track temperature is up into the 90s as of now. Oh, I'm sure above. Michelin will give us a much better indication of what it is yeah, way above, um, and we We've got this is the split session. Is it not GTD for the first 15 minutes only and then GTD Pro to end it? I I have to uh, go with what you say on that. Uh, the, the, the pyrometer is out. Uh, air temperature 29 Celsius, uh, which is 84 Fahrenheit. On the track, it is 54 Celsius. That's 129. Now, we had those kind of temperatures at the weekend down in Portimao when it was for 43 uh, Celsius in the air 
and well up into the high 50s on the track. That's starting to get a little bit difficult for everybody concerned. It is steaming. Uh, humidity, fortunately, only down at 40%. So at least it's a slightly dry heat. Uh, this afternoon, as the time is approached, well, just after three o'clock, uh, Jeremy Shaw is with me, John Hindoff, in the Haggerty Global Broadcast booth. Uh, and in the centre here, Jeremy, nice and uh, nice and temperate. That's very good indeed. And a pretty decent, uh, a pretty decent session this morning. Uh, what did we have? An hour and twenty minutes um, this morning. Uh, where well, started this morning? Where there were an awful lot of laps turned, but it is a short lap here. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it was a, a good session this morning. Certainly pretty clean. Forty-three degrees was it? Port about that is toasty. Wow. Um, Hopefully, we're not going to get into anywhere close to that here this weekend. Indeed. Um, <laughs> uh, it's, it's not supposed to be. I mean, by, by Lime Rock standards, it's often really hot and really humid here. So, uh, from what you're saying there, no, really not, not too bad this morning. But this you know, tyre wear is an issue here at this track. It is. It does chew up the tyres, uh, particularly with all these uh, right-hand corners. So, the left-hand tyres, left-hand side tyres, really did take a beating around here. But, yeah, no, good clean session this morning. Uh, that... Uh, Minor miscue for the number 51 car. I think it was really the only major issue at all. Um, so uh, that was good. I think the teams would have learned a lot this morning and a lot more to be learned this afternoon. As you said, a little bit warmer now than it was earlier on. And, uh, for the, of course, getting ready for qualifying, which will be later on this evening. And I don't expect the temperatures to drop too much mm. before we get into qualifying in, what, only a couple of hours' time or so. Yeah, two qualifying sessions to come. We'll have a little bit of bonus coverage. Just, just one. Just uh, one. Uh, sorry, no, uh, uh, two qualifying sessions in terms of two uh, that we'll be covering because we've also got Mission Pilot Challenge uh, as as well. There's a bit of bonus Fast Friday coverage for everybody listening here at the track and, and further afield. But you made a good point there, Jeremy. We mentioned it this morning, but for those of you maybe just joining us, what time is it in the UK? Just after, uh, just on five past eight uh, in the evening in the UK, five past nine in Central Europe, uh, this is effectively a single, uh, single class uh, race weekend for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship FCP Euro Northeast Grand Prix. Yes, it's split into GTD and GTD Pro, but as far as qualifying and the race and yellow flag pit stops, it's one class. There will be no class split. Um, either through qualifying or indeed even in the race, Jeremy. That's right. Uh, you know, it's, it's purely on merit. Whoever has the fastest uh, cars and or drivers uh, should win the race uh, overall here, which is You which is love super that, cool. don't you? You love Absolutely, that. Absolutely, I do. Yeah, I do. I'm, I'm a big fan of the, of the GTD Pro concept uh, and a huge fan of GTD in general. So I think it's great. It gives uh, everybody an opportunity really to shine and, sh- and showcase themselves here because, as you say, the specifications of the cars, whether they're GTD or GTD Pro, are the same. So get out there and get it done. But uh, So they've got another what, hour or so in this session now. And as you said, uh, this is the, uh, uh, the, the weird session, although slightly less weird than usual because uh, this time it just means that the, the first 15 minutes will be uh, for the non-pro drivers effectively that's the easiest way to put that and then the final 15 minutes is for the uh for for the pro for the pro drivers yes so uh, in in the middle there there is an, an hour 
Um, so plenty of track time here today, and yeah. already this morning we, we saw t uh, uh, cars turning an awful lot of laps. The most laps turned this morning, I think, was uh, 75. Wow. That was by uh, Phil Ellis and, and Russell Ward in number 57 Windward Racing Mercedes. So, yeah, they weren't hanging around, were they? I was going to say and that. It was, and it was the 75th and final lap that they set their best time. Well, well, which, you know, great. They were getting faster. That, that, that's great. That was an 80-minute session, and we're lapping in 51 minutes, uh, 51 seconds, 52 seconds. So they didn't spend an awful lot of time in the pits, did they? They, they were they were getting their money's worth this morning. <laughs> well, they certainly were, weren't they? I mean, you know, they, they did an installation check, I think, after the first uh, lap or so, and then did, I, I think, a few laps after that maybe came in again. But then it was a big, long run uh, for, uh, for uh, Phil Ellis, uh, who has not been here before. So uh, steep learning curve for him, but you know he had, he had a whole session uh, and pretty much a whole stint to kind of get used to it. And did a very very good job, and then right at the end of the session, they put on a fresh set of tyres, I assume, and Russell Ward went out and set a really really good lap time. So uh, you know it was a a very very productive session for that team. Actually, it was shown. No, it, it was. I think Phil Ellis actually went a little bit quicker on, on the last lap uh, than than did Russell Ward when he put on fresh tyres. So yeah, really good session for that 57 Windward Racing team. And let's head to Shea Adam. Uh, Shea's going to try and get through all 15 of the teams uh, in this uh, hour and 15 minutes uh, and get a chat with at least uh, one of the drivers. Where are you now, Shea? I'm down with Wright Motorsport. Uh, having hit six of the teams earlier, I think I have nine left to go, but Jan Halen was one of the guys really wanted to talk to. You did a lot of driving in that opening session, and Jan, your co-driver, Ryan Hardwick, he's never raced here before. How important is it for him to get lots of track time to try and learn the track? Yeah, that's the nice thing about Lime Rock. Uh, hour and a half session, you get a lot of laps. So, um, yeah, we took full advantage of that, did a couple laps, and... Uh, we started off maybe uh, a little on the back foot with the, with the setup on the car, but made a lot of good progress throughout the session. And uh, yeah, I gave Ryan uh, a lot of opportunity to drive. So I think uh, I think we'll show a lot better here in session number two, and, and we're going to try and give Ryan as much time as we can. It's funny that you can race at Lime Rock Park and never do the uphill chicane configuration because you've only raced here in Pilot Challenge. So for somebody coming off of racing in Pilot Challenge last year, was it difficult to try and make the mental transition to go, oh, yeah, I have to go right here? Yeah, it's very slow <laughs> compared to the uphill, but, uh, but just as much fun. It's actually, um, for us at least, it's one of the more challenging uh, parts of the track. So uh, the breaking into the, into the chicane is... Um, yeah, it's not easy for us, so I think you'll uh, you'll see a lot of action there in the in the race. Does anything translate for Wright Motorsport between the Cayman that you ran last year and then the GT3 car this year? No, the Cayman, you're um, just like any GT4 car. You can be a lot more aggressive on the curbing, where uh, in the GT3 car that that simply doesn't work. I think any you come here in any car, of course, it's good practice, uh, good uh, good track knowledge. But as far as the, the driving, the lines are slightly different in the GT3 car. Yeah, and good luck this weekend. Second in the championship points, looking to put it back P1. Thank you. Jan Halen from Wright Motorsports then with Shea Adam down in the pit lane and the engine you could hear uh, behind them. They weren't actually sitting in the car at that time. Uh, they were uh, actually in the pit lane. Um, however, you know, if Shea was asked, she would certainly... Uh, do that. Time's starting to come in uh, right now, Jeremy. Indeed, and uh, Madison Snow 
goes to the top in car number one. That's Paul Miller Racing. That's a, a team that is that's another team celebrating a home race this weekend uh, from the New Jersey area, Possipany area of New Jersey, which is a couple of hours or so away from the racetrack here at Lime Rock Park. Uh, and they're going to have a lot of guests here this weekend. The Paul Miller uh, Auto Group that has, I think, a dozen dealerships now in that uh, New Jersey area uh, for different uh, all different manufacturers too so uh yeah they've uh, big support they're going to have here tomorrow and madison snow to the top early in this session 52.234 that compares to that car's best lap this morning at a 52.4 so already found a couple of tenths of a second and as far as uh oh was that a no, I thought that was a little bit of spin there. I saw, I heard a little bit of a squeal of tyres, but not at all. Still waiting for the GTD Pros to come out. Uh, so they haven't come out yet. Two GTDs in the pits. Uh, Madison Snow is already out of the number one Paul Miller Racing BMW M4 GT3. They had a dealer event earlier uh, this week where the car was doing some pits. Up. They're back in their normal colours this week, Jeremy. Oh, sorry, which car? Uh, the uh, the Paul Miller Racing BMW. Oh, yeah, that's right. Of course, yes, that's right. They ran that uh, super uh, patriotic livery, didn't they, the last mm. two events? Uh, of course, I've forgotten about that. Um, so, yes, uh, I mean, the car looks good in these colours as well, but it was absolutely stunning, I thought, uh, the livery that team came up with. Yeah, they, they, they've done that over the years. Uh, for It was generally for the Watkins Glen event, which was uh, th this year's schedule is kind of a week earlier than some. Um, in terms of where it falls in relation to July, July 4th. But, uh, yeah, it was great to see that that team went back to that uh, that uh, idea of running a patriotically delivered car mm. for the uh, July 4th and, and or Canada Day uh, events. And, uh, the, yeah, it's absolutely stunning. It really did look good. Uh, and surprisingly, Jeremy, the only ones this year doing that, as you say, it used to be, it used to be a, real, uh, a real tradition. Because it, you know, it's Canada, Canada weekend at Watkins, Canada Day weekend at Watkins Glen or near to Watkins Glen, uh, and then Fourth of July somewhere near when we were at CTMP, and the the teams were encouraged to to have uh, different liveries. Didn't uh, didn't really uh, didn't really catch light this year, other than uh, PMR. No, for, for that reason though, because the, you know this week this year's schedule just kind of a, a week earlier, just the way it kind of works in the cycle. Uh, of having 365 days in a, in a year and 52 weeks, you know, the math doesn't quite work out. So it's not uh, it's not the same day uh, each year at each track. So uh, this year, so it didn't fall quite 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 as well. But as you say, great to see Paul Miller Racing employing that uh, traditional uh, livery again, and, and it really it really was stunning, wasn't it? Fabulous. I'm, I'm shame really they're not going to run it all the way through the season. But as I said, the car does look great in these colours as well. Yeah, and uh, they've they've had a good uh, they've uh, had a good start to the season, and let's hope they get back on form uh, this weekend. Yeah. Brian Sellers well, at the at the top of the charts at the moment with Madison Snow's time of fifty two two three four. Yeah, that's exactly right, John. And that team, of course, uh, they they didn't take part in the opening event of the season at Daytona because the car wasn't completed in time. Uh, so uh, they're, they're not quite in contention for the overall championship for GTD, but they are leading quite convincingly mm. the Sprint Cup 
uh, sprint race uh, element of this championship. They've got a, a lead of 118 points over Robbie Foley and Bill Arblin in, in the other BMW in the, in the GGE class this, uh, this season. So uh, they've had a really, really good year. One win, uh, a couple other podium finishes, and uh, you know, knocking on the door pretty much every time out with that car. Two-thirds of the way through the GTD-only part of this session. We've got another four minutes and change as the number 57 goes through the uphill. That is the Winwood Racing Phil Ellis-driven Mercedes AMG GT3. And he's just had to take the cut through uh, and managed to navigate the chicane that... Uh, Aidan Reid didn't. Uh, his teammate is down in the pit lane. Russell Ward is watching on with Shea Adam. And he's got a big smile on his face because coming back to Lime Rock Park, it's so fast. The laps come at you so quickly. You're in a Mercedes. You, you've done this before. Wait a minute. It's just a GT4 versus GT3. Yeah, look, I mean, Mercedes AMG builds fantastic race cars, the GT3s and the GT4s. And, but I can tell you, the GT3 makes the GT4 feel like a minivan around here. I mean, it's just... There's so much grip in that thing, and, it, and it's just amazing. So, cars uh, looking and feeling really good right now, and uh, this is a really high-effort high, high, uh, high place. You know, there's no time to take a break, but, you know, Philip and I are ready for it and looking forward to it. How good did it feel to get that champagne and that trophy at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park last week? Oh, it felt amazing. I mean, and a long time ago, we that was our first-ever podium in the Mercedes was 2018 Canadian Tires, a third place, and so... I mean, it's good to it's good to go back there, and you just you picked it up like it was, and and uh, you know to be on the podium's great. I mean, especially after the season we've had, you know, ups and downs. So, but the pace has always been there, and, and the guys did an amazing job. I mean, we were fastest in pit lane, and and some, one of the fastest cars out on the racetrack. So, just it felt great, and hopefully we're going to carry this momentum here to Lime Rock and uh, and for the rest of the season. Well, obviously you guys aren't really in it for the Drivers' Championship this year, but there is that Manufacturers' Championship, and being a big part of Mercedes, that's got to be in the back of your guys' mind as well, is it not? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we want to re represent the brand as best as we can. Um, you know, but we're still we're still out there. We may not be in the championship, but, man, we're still fighting for wins, and it actually takes a little bit of pressure off you, so now you just go to every racetrack and you just try to go as hard and as fast as you can and, and get get on the top step of the podium every time. So a weekend like this, where it's two days, everything is so condensed. You got the pilot, you got WeatherTech, pilot, WeatherTech, bouncing back and forth. Is it less stressful for you than the normal three-day weekends because you have less time to think about everything? Yeah, I think everybody's in the same boat. I mean, it's always nice to get more practice time, make some more changes on the cars. But, uh, you know, if everybody's in the same boat, everybody's got the same amount of practice, it's... It's totally fine. I mean, you know, this is the one year I would like to stay an extra day because the weather's so beautiful. It's not 100 degrees outside, and you're dying in this in this valley. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's awesome. Comfort of the car when you're driving it. Is it warm in the Mercedes? Actually, it feels pretty good in there. I mean, we've got some, some ducting that comes, you know, from the front grill that comes right into the cockpit. So it actually feels pretty good. I mean, I'm not, it's not, uh, the GT4, I think, was a little worse, uh, quite a bit hotter in there, but me this weather this is perfect i mean i think every competitor is you know thanking god it's not you know 100 degrees out here the tires aren't squealing so you know we're doing good can hear the smile in your voice russell good luck this weekend yeah well i love being here Shea adam down in the pits a uh, couple of improvements there jeremy no no not quite sorry i saw a little bit of oh yes there is an improvement there for, for jan halen who's just jumped in uh, to the right porsche yeah, he's into the fourth position, then in car number 16, so it's now 
a BMW, Lexus, Lamborghini, Porsche, then the two Mercedes, number 79 car, which is running, if you weren't with us for the first session, in GTD regular this season for Cooper McNeil, joined this weekend by Jules Gugnon, uh, and running a GTD rather than GTD Pro. So, uh, yeah, an improvement there for Jan Halen, and we've got uh, all, well, the top six cars at the moment come by just over four-tenths of a second. It's good to hear from Russell Ward, and you know, like 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 most people, he loves this, loves coming here to Lime Rock Park, and they've had they've had a, a really good season. They've had a lot of ups and downs, that's for sure, but uh, you know, they they won the qualifying race at Daytona. Uh, they've had another pole position. They've had a couple of fastest laps, uh, and uh, and some podium finishes uh, as well in there. So it's been um, you know, it's been I, I would say. Uh, really, actually, they haven't. Yeah, they had one podium finish last time out in, in the uh, depleted field at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. But you know, the, the team certainly has shown a lot of speed, not a lot of luck in their in their favour. It would seem this season, but maybe this weekend they can turn that element around a bit. The, there's the uh, the Lexus. Uh, Jan Halen goes to the top, by the way, of 52.105 now for the uh, Belgian in the number 16, right Motorsports Porsche. 152.105 compares to that car's best time this morning of a 52.5. So uh, jumping up uh, towards the top of the chart. So the fastest time in GTD this morning was a, a 51.8. That was set by Robert McGuinness in the car barn with Peregrine Racing Lamborghini Huracan. That car, newly, or new to that team, as Shay Adam was explaining earlier on in the first session, the, 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 the team managed to uh, lease the car, a car from TR3 that uh, is only running a partial schedule this season for the uh, rest of the season, and clearly making good speed with that already. And Shea's down at that pit at the moment with the Carbon team and Jeff Westfall. Jeff was nice enough to come off of the top step of the perch for a chat. Jeff, new car, same Lamborghini, though. Does it still feel as good as your old steed? Uh, it, it may be better. We're still trying to decide. I'm not sure. Um, I'm just really happy that the long hours and hard work that everyone put in got us here to this race in such a short amount of time after Watkins. Um, you know, it was no small undertaking trying to find a replacement car and get us back on track and competing the way we want to be. So... Um, really proud of everyone involved for that. This is Robert's home race. This is also a racetrack that has been fairly kind to you in the past before in uh, Michelin Pilot Challenge. Is there any additional pressure to do well in this new car, or is the pressure taken off? I don't think there's any additional pressure. I mean, you always feel good when you're at your home track or a race that's close to home. Um, you know, Lime Rock has been favorable to me in the past, which has been great. But, you know, with that, and you know, you're looking at Watkins Glen for us, right? Terrible luck, terrible timing. It doesn't take much for it to go the wrong way quickly. So, um, you know, I don't see any extra pressure. It's just execute is really what we have to do. And then we'll see where we are for the last 30 minutes. It seems like the speed is in the car so far today. I mean, rolled out really strong in that first practice session. Are you expecting there to be more to come from your car or more to come from the competition? That's a tough one. Um, I definitely think we can squeeze a little bit more out of it, but I'm sure everyone else will do the same. Um, the circuit configuration is definitely favorable to the Lamborghini platform, um, more so than some other tracks that we visit. So this should be one where we're strong at relative to others. I don't think there's a single person in the paddock who would begrudge you guys getting a podium this weekend. Good luck, Jeff. Thank you.
Yeah, good, uh, good effort by the team to get yeah. all that sorted out. Logistics is is part of racing, Jeremy, but you know it's 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 something that has to be considered. Uh, absolutely not there uh, by their own doing that they they lost the car for uh, after after Watkins Glen and. They've had to react to it, much as, you know, the, the drivers have to react with what happens in front of them. The team's had to react, and they've done a cracking job. They certainly have. I mean, that, that, they were really, really unfortunate to be uh, involved in that crash at Watkins Glen. Just the innocent victim of two LMP2 drivers playing more silly asses, basically. Um, and, uh, you know, they, initially there was nothing done about it, which I thought was somewhat surprising. But after the race, both LMP2 drivers were put on probation for four months or six months, I can't remember now. Uh, but so, you know, they were getting giving a bit of a talking to afterwards, but a totally unnecessary accident and very, very, very expensive for that team. And as as we heard there from Jeff, I mean, there, there aren't many other cars around. There aren't many spare parts around either because all car manufacturers, in particular, well, including race race car manufacturers, are struggling to, uh, to, to with, with, the, with all the, you know, the COVID restrictions, etc., and a knock-on effect of everything supply chain-wise, uh, there aren't many parts available. So they've done a yeah. great job to get that car from TR3, hats off for them to making that happen, and then, of course, you know, just getting the car ready for, the, for their own drivers rather than the TR3 drivers. The, uh, and, and this is, it's everything. Uh, global supply is a, a big thing. Um, and... I was talking to some teams at the weekend down in, in Portimao for the the, the 24-hour series, the, the Creventic 24-hour series. And believe it or not, things like wheel rims. Um, we know, you know, some people are having issues with tyres, not Michelin. They've, they've got their act together for, for IMSA and do a, a cracking job. But tyres for um, street cars, for example. But wheel rims for racing cars... Teams were telling me they had got into an auction, Jeremy, for sets of wheel rims because they were getting so scarce and it was it was pushing up the prices just to get... I mean, we're talk, not talking about the, the Grinwald screw on the widget blob thing, um, that is something specific to A, B or C car. We're talking about fairly standard things that, that were basically not being able to be supplied and they're either not being built or it's diff the difficulty is getting them transported to where they're needed and I, I couldn't believe it when I was talking to a couple of teams at the weekend as I say who were they were getting into an auction for for something as fundamental as wheel rims yeah but you know it's, it's not um, not restricted just to wheel rims either I mean you, you talked about you know, Michelin doing a great job to overcome all the uh, all, all the the headaches I mean but they even Michelin has had to restrict the amount of testing that's been done this season. Yes. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it, it has affected everybody, it, it, not just, of course, in racing either, but, uh, you know, it has been a, a, a fairly major ripple effect. A couple uh, of new ch ch changes, by the way. We've got the GTD Pro cars out there now. They've been out there for the last uh, few minutes joining the GTDs. Uh, we saw Antonio Garcia jump up into second place right behind Jan Halen. Then Matthew Jaminet went to the top in the FAF Motorsports uh, Porsche with a 152.105. And as I speak, Antonio Garcia has gone faster again in the Corvette, now top of the uh, chart at a 51.919 for the Spaniard. Hello, Drew Adamson and the iRacing staff are on the bankside listening in 
to us here on site this afternoon. Uh, thanks for all your help uh, in the last couple of years, Drew and the team. I know you've worked really hard. IMSA Pro Racing Series was great. And uh, I think for a while during the long yellow, as the responsible adult calls it, um, I think those guys were sleeping in their control room. And uh, brilliant stuff to get some uh, virtual racing running. Antonio Garcia right on the limit at the exit of the final corner, the downhill right-hander at Big Bend. And yeah, big puff of smoke there from yes. the uh, dust, I should say, from the uh, left-hand side wheels coming on that very, very fast corner. And that lap was only fractions away. There's a replay of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he was well out. I mean, it, yeah, was, only was. The right, it was only the right-hand Michelins that was still on the curb, wasn't it? I mean, that yeah. was... If the white line is the uh, is, is the edge of the track, I, I'm not sure he was still on the track, to be honest there, because I'm not sure the, the Michelins were actually on the, the right-hand side, the right-hand side Michelins. I'm not sure we're on the right-hand side of that uh, 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 of that line there. He was flirting with dis disaster there. Because he's not trying, though, Jeremy. <laughs> no, that's right. Of course, in Formula 1, he might have been struggling. He might have had the time taken away from him. Uh, not going to be a, uh, an issue here at Linebock. It's pretty much self-policing this place. If you go off the track there, fully off the track, which he didn't quite, uh, then you're going to have a very, very, very major moment over the grass there at the exit of the downhill. So he, he, he didn't quite do that. And I so said that lap time was fractions away from his best time uh, so far. So he didn't slow him down much. He was obviously on another very, very good lap there. Just got a little bit too greedy, I think, on that downhill. But uh, here we are again. He's going to try one more time. Here he comes down the hill underneath the bridge and into that very, very quick right-hander. Uses This time he just sort of just sort of kissed the dirt there. Let's see what lap time comes up as he goes across the line, 52.0, so only a tenth of a second slower for, than his fastest lap. In the meantime, uh, Jaminet has improved again of 51.715 now for the Frenchman in the number nine FAF Motorsports Porsche. Second fastest overall, the GTD car, Robert McGuinness. Once again, that Lamborghini Huracan for Carbon with Peregrine Racing. Number 39 goes second fastest overall, just uh, less than three hundredths of a second down on the time set by Jaminet. Good effort by Robert McGuinness. Yeah, Jaminet then to the top with that time. 51.715, of a second between the best uh, GTD Pro and the best D GTD time. It, again, I'm going to keep seeing this. For the purposes of what we're watching right now and through qualifying later on this afternoon, which we'll have live for you in sound and vision, and for the race tomorrow, uh, IMSA are looking at these two classes that we normally have as a single class. There's no class split. There's no class... Uh, uh, there's no uh, class uh, change in terms of, uh, of where the qualifying is. Your time is where you qualify. We may have a GTD car on pole position rather than a GTD Pro. We may have a GTD car that that leads the race. And when we have, if we have, a full course yellow and the safety car comes out, when the pit lane opens, it will open for all cars, not one or the other. There was some suggestion 
that whichever class was leading would get first goal at the pits. Uh, that was very quickly swept away uh, to, I think, a, a very sensible conclusion that, frankly, we should deal with this as all one class. Yes, there will still be two Pordia at the end of the weekend because they're two different lineups of, of drivers and different points awarded. But in terms of this race, we are looking at a level playing field. And I think with the 15 cars that we have here for the FCP Euro Northeast Grand Prix, that is a very smart move indeed. Uh, Jeremy and I will sort out, short out the wet rest on, on Saturday. Back down to Shea Adam in the pit lane. 48 and a half minutes to go. Where are you, Shea? I'm down at the Rick Ware end of things, so all the way down to pit in as far as we are concerned for the WeatherTech competitors. Wanted to take a look at this nose to find out, was it a new one or was it one that they repaired? And you have to look pretty darn closely to try and get any kind of an answer. There are pieces of duct tape below what looks like a new wrap on the nose. So it is fixed and it is being held together nicely enough, but lead pit lane official Johnny Knotts came down to take a look at it. Wanted to make sure that the structural integrity was there. He gave it a thumbs up and said to the crew, hey guys, nice job. So that is not a new nose on the Aiden Reed driven Acura as he comes back into the pit lane and shuts the car off. I think he's gonna sit here and let it cool off for a minute before he goes back out and has another run at this track as uh, Ryan Eversley said to me earlier off air, the kid's good. If he could figure out Canadian Tire Motorsport Park, he can figure out this place in a handful of minutes. Uh, a fair point, well made and beautifully presented. Very distinctive car sitting in the pit lane, the number 51, mostly purple with a bit of yellow and green on there as well. The uh, very, uh, uh, very uh, noticeable and distinctive profile of the NSX car that I'm not sure will be replaced by Acura and Honda but like the Audi R8 the time for those type of cars may be beginning to disappear makes me wonder what we're going to have for the next tranche of GT3 and GT3 plus cars if that actually happens although I haven't spoken to a manufacturer yet who wants the GT3 plus cars that have been suggested that go to Le Mans uh, no manufacturer at the moment seems to think that it's financially viable to design and build a new body kit for a car that might only be run by two or three cars at one race of the year yeah, I, don't, I don't understand that one at all no, it's completely nonsensical to me no I've read it through time and time again and I understand it makes a visual difference between that and the other GT3 series but um, so what yeah yeah surely the idea if you well, no, I mean I've, I've said this at on Haggerty Radio Le Mans I've said it since um, surely the idea is if you want to take GT3 or whatever GT3 looks like next when it when the next regulations kick in if you want to take that to Le Mans the advantage is that it is GT3 and so, there are likely to be so many of them around the world and you can race those cars in so many places as you can now trying to make a distinction then you might as well steer with GTE as it stands right now because if it's only going to be a privateer class um, we're getting 22, 23 of those cars to go to Le Mans already I, 
then steer yeah. with what you've got. And, yeah. you know, but anyway, what do I know? Why go, why, go, why go out of your way to make things more expensive? I don't, don't get that. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, from what um, Shay was saying about Aidan Reid at uh, Canadian Time Motorsport Park, did a really, really good job. He did. I mean, his, his lap times were quicker than, um, well, a whole bunch of people, including the, uh, the race-winning uh, car of Matthew Jaminet. He was, he was quicker than him. He was quicker than Riveras, quicker than Bill Arbelin. Um, very, very, very impressive run, and quicker, of course, than his teammate Ryan Eversley was at uh, Canadian Time Motorsport Park, so having not been there before. So, Aidan Reid, very, very impressive he was at, at uh, north of the border, uh, and once again showing good, good speed here, first time in a car. He, is he that set that time in this session, which is sixth fastest um, of, uh, of all of the cars in this race. Down to 44 minutes, or halfway through the session, or a little under. Uh, and the last 15 minutes will be for GTD Pro only. Maybe we'll see one or two qualifying simulations for that. Busy afternoon coming up next at around about 4.40 local time. So just over an hour from now, we'll have Michelin Challenge the pilot challenge uh, and their qualifying session is an extra piece of coverage for you uh, and then qualifying 5.40 local time that's 10.40 UK 11.40 in Europe we'll have that in sound and vision for you via imsaradio.com uh, and Thanks, of course, to our team up in Charlotte, as ever. Alex, Keith, and the rest of the team making sure we see all of the pictures from around the circuits so that we can talk to you about what's going on while we can't see. And to Tim Gray and the production team up in London for getting the sound to the world on IMSA Radio. RS2, of course, is always the home of IMSA Radio. 365 days a year, there's always IMSA con content on there, replays of races, real-world road tests, features, interviews, uh, and all of the archive is there as well. It's all absolutely free. So all of your IMSA content that you need is available with just a couple of clicks at www.imsaradio.com. So just two, three cars in the pit. And as I say that, somebody's just pulled in. That was Roman De Angelis, who's just come into the pit lane. Antonio Garcia pulls in as well. Uh, as well. He did the first part of the session that started at half past 11 this morning at Lime Rock Park. Also coming in now is the Jeff Westfall-driven car barn with Peregrine. Lamborghini so we're getting closer to halfway through this session and perhaps the team's splitting it between their two drivers just the two drivers this weekend of course Jeremy uh, and uh, we're back to a, a standard race weekend or another standard race weekend of two hours and 40 minutes on Saturday for the FCP Euro Northeast Grand Prix uh, but round here that's plenty enough time for for a bit of drama, isn't it? Uh, yes, 
It is. Uh, you know, there's going to be plenty of laps during the race, and uh, you know, this uh, <laughs> it's it's non-stop action out there for the drivers. We had somebody was talking about earlier on, weren't they? I mean, there's just no time to relax around here, because uh, I mean, you, you know, the front straight is certainly uh, is certainly you know, it, it's it's quite a long straight here. It probably takes up hmm. uh, the better part of a a third of the lap time yeah. probably around here but but uh, and the good news is you know they don't the, the drivers don't have to worry about the stress of other cars coming past i mean last year the prototypes haven't raced here for for, for quite a lot of years but uh, in the past the gtd drivers always had to be concerned about the gtlms coming up and passing them uh, this time though we're all running in the same category of car so that shouldn't be it'll, it'll be a slightly lesser load than usual for the drivers here but it's uh, it's a, it's a busy place. Uh, amazing to me now when we look at what we're seeing here today and what we're looking forward to tomorrow is that we had LMP1 cars around here. You know, I remember Dindor Capello and his pass on the grass right where the Lexus is round about now in the old open top Audi R8 LMP1 car. And, uh, you know, Shea's dad raced here in, in prototypes. Uh, as well, uh, he uh, 1983 in a Jaguar. Uh, it, it is extraordinary uh, to think that that uh, that happened. Uh, new fastest time in GTD, and it's Aidan Reed after his uh, little contretemps this morning with the tyre barrier on the uphill. The Nurtech.com machine goes to the top with a 51.7 he's 0.019 of a second away from the fastest of any GT car. talk about a fast learner this is a man who he's peeling into the pits now <laughs> yeah, come in now uh, I think we saw a slow Lexus as well uh, on the front straight a moment or two ago um we're talking about a, guy, a driver here whose daytime job, his full-time job, is being a, a race engineer for a NASC, for NASCAR team and does a bit of driving as well. Well, I tell you what, if he wants to change careers, he's doing very well indeed. Car being fuelled at the moment with no driver in the seat. Watch out for Shea just jumping in there and taking it over. Actually, she hasn't got a race suit on. Um, never leave a car on pit lane with a door open, particularly when she's got a race suit on. Because, honestly, she'd be in like Flynn there. What do you reckon of that, then, Jeremy Shaw? Aidan Reid, talk about a comeback. Um, fantastic little mistake. And he was disappointed with himself, caused a bit of damage to the car in the first session. Has completely and utterly stricken that from his mind and just gone second fastest. Very impressive. Very impressive. First time here. Who cares? I mean, you know, Jougounia also first time here. Mm. He's, he's uh, uh, third fastest in GTD. And Robert McGuinness possibly did some... St I'm not sure whether he's raced here before, actually. And I know it's kind of home track. He's from, uh, from New York, but uh, there's certainly closest track to his home, but not sure whether Robert would have mm. raced here before. Um, 
So, you know, they're the top three at the moment at GCD. But that was a really, really fine effort by, by Aiden. Good bounce back from this morning, as you say. A little bit, little bit embarrassing. Uh, but, uh, yeah, good, good, good speed there. And that was a, a fine effort. That's a good lap time uh, that, he, that he turned out. A, a 51.734 was actually, a, that, that is actually a thousandth quicker than the best time of anybody this morning, which was John Edwards in the yeah. number number 25 uh, BMW entry. So, uh, Good effort him, by him. Not quite quick enough to be quicker than Jaminet this afternoon. Once again, that Porsche looking really, really good here. That's the, the same team that won here back in 2019. In that, uh, that was the FAF team's maiden season at this level. Uh, Dennis Olsen and Zach Robichon took the number nine car to the GCD victory, and the uh, that team is looking to do the same again this year. Big, big ambitions for the future. They announced that recently. That uh, they want, they would like to be running in the GTP car in 2024, conceivably. That's what they're aiming toward. But in the meantime, still lots to prove here in GTD Pro. Yeah, very good point. Uh, very good point. The engine that you can hear is the number 32. That is the Court of Motorsport. Mike Skeen driven AMG GT3, that big twin turbo. The uh, big twin turbo V8, which has a a sound that rattles your sternum when it goes by you. <laughs> yeah, that, they, they seem to be you know, struggling a little bit. Uh, slowest they are at the moment. Maybe they're running uh, full tank sessions again in that court off motorsports Mercedes. That is the car that still does lead the GTD Championship by just uh, five points over number 16 Porsche. Uh, but uh, yeah, at the bottom of the charts at the moment in this session, 1.2 seconds uh, away from the fastest time. Uh, and uh, 1.2 seconds around here, that's a, that's a lot. And certainly one wouldn't expect them to be staying there. So yeah, they, they were fourth quickest overall this morning, second in GTD uh, it was Mike Skeen that turned a, a 51.8. This afternoon, he's turned a 52.9. So, uh, yeah, I fancy they must be uh, concentrating on maybe, maybe longer runs in that number 32 car. Uh, let's go down to Aston Martin, to Heart of Racing, and to Ross Gunn, who's with Shea Adam. Hanging out with Ross Gunn, enjoying the sunshine. Very English day that we have here. Uh, nice weather, a little bit warm, but you get to drive at Aston Martin, so it kind of is an English day. Lime Rock Park, last year, you won here, albeit you didn't drive a whole lot during the race, but how similar does your race car now feel to that winning one last year? Very different, to be honest. We, uh, The team have made great progress with the car over the year um, since last year, so I feel like we're in a better position, but unfortunately for us, so is everybody else. So. It's going to be very competitive. The lap times are very close, and qualifying is going to be super tight today. Um, you know, there's such a short lap, and as I said, so many competitive cars. It's going to be a really good show for the fans. Is it going to be you qualifying the car? And I, I asked this in relation to the fact that you and Roman D'Angelo shared a car for all of last season. I don't feel like I've seen the two of you on track together at a lot of the time this year. No, to be honest, we haven't. I mean, I've done a couple of quality sessions this year, but... It's been quite strange because being in a different car to Roman, I'd have assumed that I'd be out there with him more often, but we haven't. But I will be qualifying later. Um, it's 
kind of me and Alex split the split the qualifying this year. So um, yeah, I mean, had a good race here last year. So hopefully it will put us in good stead. It's a very short lap, but is there anything you can do to work with a sister car to try and get in draft coming down the front straight, get a little bit of extra speed? Unfortunately, not really. I mean, this is a track where you really need clear air, especially with the temperatures being so high and and the tire deck being so high as well. You don't want to be following cars for, for too long, and especially in quality, you want a clear track. So there won't be any uh, sort of like teamwork in terms of slipstreams, but... Um, I'm sure we'll be out on track quite close to one another and hopefully picking up on a few setup uh, issues or whatever. So we'll wait and see. Save the drafting for the next one at Road America, eh? Yeah, exactly. I think that's one. that one could be a draft uh, city race. So, And also uh, Petit as well on the long back straight. Um, but yeah, enjoying it so far. You and Alex aren't out of this championship either. I mean, all you got to do is keep winning races and slowly it's going to come back to you. Do you think about championship or do you just think about winning? To be honest, we're taking it race by race. I mean, we had a really tough start to the year and we, we kind of, I wouldn't say wrote off the year, but we, we, we our focus shifted to race by race as opposed to championship. We're close to third. Second is quite a long way away and the lead is quite a long way away as well. Unfortunately, the, the way the points work um, and with, you know, five or six entries in GTD Pro, if the, one of the top cars doesn't finish, they still get points for sixth place. So it's not a massive difference to wherever we may finish. So um, it's going to be tricky. We're going to take it race by race and try and win as many races and get as many podiums as we can. Thanks for the chat, Ross. Always worth it. Yeah, thank you very much. Cheers. He even talked to us before he debriefed, John. Ah, very good. Ross Gunn down there at Heart of Racing. We talked about momentum, Jeremy. And yes, he's right about the the issues with, uh, you know, when you've only got four or five cars in the uh, in the class, then even if you don't finish, you're still going to get some decent points. So those points gaps are difficult to make up. But frankly, if you keep winning races, you're going to put pressure on people around you. That's exactly right. Yeah, it was as he said. It was certainly a very difficult start to the season uh, for uh, for for that team. So looking to bounce back from uh, from that and have done do so very very effectively. The last four uh, races they've had uh, two wins, a third and a fifth. So they've scored more points than any, than anybody else in those five races, except for the championship leaders Matt Campbell and Matthew Jaminet. It's Jeremy Shaw in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre, along with me, John Hindoff, Shea Adam down in the pit lane. Aston Martin goes across the start-finish line. And he's just uh, beginning to catch up with the number 16. That's the right Porsche. Coming up the uphill. Distinctive sound of the flat six engine. So on the half an hour mark. So just 15 minutes uh, still to go for the GTD cars. The last 15 minutes will be for GTD totally.
No change at the front then, still Matthew Jaminet leads the way, 51.715 seconds for that number nine FAF Motorsports Porsche. The, uh, the lap record, the qualifying lap record here for GTD uh, was 51.4, that was set back in 2019. The uh, fastest lap in qualifying last year was by Roman De Angelis in the Aston Martin of 51.7. So that's almost identical time uh, set by Jaminet and also by Aidan Reed in the GTD Acura this session as well. Um, no other recent improvements other than Madison Snow up to fourth in GTD in the number one Paul Miller racing BMW. He's just turned a, a 51.9 a few minutes ago. So we've now got the top, top uh, nine cars covered by a, a hair over five tenths of a second. In fact, top eight by uh, by less than four tenths. So uh, go and uh, oh, uh, Ryan Eversley comes past, which means in raid is out of the number 51 NSX, uh, the Rick Ware machine. So let's head down to Shea Adam in the pit lane and here of the man of the moment, top time in GTD and a blink of an eye, Shea, we're from top time overall. Yeah, Aiden, that uh, 51 machine of yours sure looks pretty good with the purple, but the bright number one on the side of it. That lap, was that everything you had or is there more in the car still? Oh, please, there's plenty more. I'll find it this afternoon. Nah, look, it was uh, it was well put together, but we uh, there's always there's always uh, ways to improve, and we'll go back to the drawing board for qualifying and try and repeat repeat the same, but do a little bit better as well. Like, uh, but I have to I have to thank uh, the team that made a made a really messy looking NSX look really really nice and uh, nice and nice and shiny out there now and we got a good piece for qualifying and it's all thanks to them uh, I've had a I've had a tough day started off uh, started off not so great uh, uh, went wide and uh, tried to tear the nose off the thing but uh, the boys have fixed it up and now we're in a position where we can take the shot for pole so um, I'm going to give it everything this afternoon we'll lay it all down there and see what we have and um, yeah it's going to be a it's going to be a long long day it's going to be a strange one in my uh, in my career but I'm hoping it ends with a pole position that certainly would be a nice way to bookend the day were you aware of those tires being there when you took that cutout or did that come as a bit of a shock uh, look in the end it was it was my mistake because I know that between sessions they go from the the outer loop to the chicane and I was looking at the bottom of the hill for the chicane and when I didn't see anything at the bottom of the hill, I didn't think it would be at the top of the hill. Coming over the crest was a bit quick and uh, couldn't get it stopped in time. Um, so in the end, that was just my, my, uh, my poor judgment. But uh, I'm doing my best this afternoon to make it up for the, to the guys and, uh, and uh, put together a good qualifying and, you know, we've... We've, uh, we've turned it around so far and we've got more work to do this afternoon, but we're, we're happy with what we have. Yeah, for sure. And on, on to happier things. Acura has sat on pole at this race. They still hold the track record. Does your car feel capable of maybe throwing down another pole position or another track record here? I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to uh, take everything we just found from our quality simulation. I'm going to go back, look at what I did, look at what I can do better focus on the tyres, focus on putting it together in one lap. It's a short lap here, but you do get more of them in 15 minutes. So we're looking to make that into an advantage as well. 
but uh, everyone's so tight. Um, to be fast in practice is one thing, but to go do it again in qualifying with everyone on top of each other in terms of lap time, it's it's going to take it's going to take an, an equal or better effort this afternoon um, at least. So um, look, uh, we've got we've got some work to do, but I'm 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 confident in, and thought confident, but thankful for my guys because they've uh, I've definitely done what I can, and they've they've done everything they can and more to uh, make up for a rough morning. Aiden, if sheer force of will was enough to get pole position, you'd already be on it by a mile. Good luck later, mate. Thank you. Oh, brilliant attitude from Aiden Reid. Put his hand up to that, and he's bounced back in the best possible way with the, the lap time that he, he put in there in the quali sim that he's just done. Oh, that's really impressive, Jeremy. Um, Ryan Eversley uh, getting close to him, around about half a second off last time around no actually a full second off but he won't be on new tyres Ryan's not going to qualify that car he's going to be the closer on Saturday but you've got to love you've got to love Aidan Ray's attitude and the way he goes about his racing very impressive young man just 23 years of age from Perth in Western Australia and of course you know, he's, he, this is only his 10th start in the Imsworth Tech Sports Car Championship but it, it, and he's coming off his uh, his best finish with this team a podium result last time out uh, just a couple of weeks ago north of the border at Canadian Time Motorsport Park but he does already have a win to his name don't forget he was part of the Turner Motorsport team that won last year's Salem Six Hours of the Glen so he does have one race win under his belt with the Turner Motorsport BMW team now trying to add another win under his belt in the Acura as well sitting second at the moment as Faf Motorsports sitting top of the pile with Matthew Jamine comes into the pit lane and his teammate uh, Aidan Reid's teammate Ryan Eversley just in front at the moment of the number 39 Carbon car coming down under the Haggerty never stop driving bridge and down into the final right hand turn Carbon in fact peeling off into the pit lane for Jeff Westfall. GTD Pro, three GTDs, a GTD Pro, then another GTD, and then another GTD Pro. I mean, this is a perfect illustration, Jeremy, of what we were trying to explain earlier on about the cars having all the same performance potential. And uh, it, we, we could see a mixed-up grid like this when we come to the green flag of the FCP Euro Northeast Grand Prix tomorrow. It could well do. Could well do, and uh, you know, the top eight cars at the moment covered by less than a quarter of a second. So, <laughs> you know, super tight it is out there, and uh, yes, yeah, really, really good, good performances here by a whole bunch of different drivers. That is always good to see. Um, uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll see times a little bit quicker this afternoon, and uh, you know, that that, that record of uh, Trent Hinman set back in 2019, 51.4, could be getting close to that, I think, in qualifying. A little bit later this evening. The, the car does surprise me in this session. It's finally an improvement. Still last, though. At least he was last. Where's he gone now? Okay, big improvement there for Stephen McAleer uh, in the, the team Courthouse Motorsport uh, Mercedes. He was languishing in last position, but he's now found uh, a, a, a better time there to, to leap up four or five positions. Uh, and again, now he's within uh, four tenths of the ultimate time, having been a second off up until that last session so i think they were just you know different uh, different objectives for the different teams in this session john i think that's a factor there also i think some of the gtd pro cards i'm looking particularly at you lexus and the number 14 
in the pits at the moment. John Edwards in the BMW also in the pits. I, I think they're probably saving a new set of tyres for about five or six minutes' time when the GTDs pull out. They'll have a go at the Quali Sim uh, in the last 15 minutes that is... Uh, going to be reserved specifically for for them so I'm not sure of those times that we're seeing uh, from them at the moment but I mean everybody's inside a second in the whole of the top 15 in the whole of the class at the moment the two classes uh, at the moment so I'm not reading too much into that I suspect we'll see the GTD Pro the five of them go a little bit quicker the 14 in fact at the moment which had Ben Barnicourt in when it came in just having a new set of Michelin tyres fitted uh, the engine cover off that car as well, just being refitted, uh, which is a lot more than just a, a bonnet. Uh, Shea Adam is down at Faf, and she's been watching some setup changes down there. Shea, what's been going on? Well, they just took Matthew Jaminet out of the car. He's already climbed up on the top step of the perch, and he is debriefing, but they are doing shock changes to the front putting different size springs on. Now, I can't tell if they're going stiffer or not. They've taken one, three, three off and put one, one, three on. Uh, oh, that's right. interesting. I'm not sure if that's actually a uh, marker on the That'll be pounds. Or if it's an indicator of pounds. Yeah, yeah. It, it should be pounds. Um, so they're doing a fairly big swing on the shocks on the front of the car, but rather than send Jam Jam back out in the car to give a good indication of whether the setup was positive or negative, their drivers are fairly interchangeable. So they have put Matthew Campbell into the car at this point in the running. We've also got the Corvette about to come in. I think Garcia is going to get out and Jordan Taylor is going to get in because I could not see Jordan up on the uh, box anymore. But I still need to talk to both of those guys and uh, driver from the number 12 Lexus and uh, driver from the number one. Paul Miller Racing BMW, and that's everybody uh, from all the teams. It's kind of nice well when done. it's this small. Yeah, it's good. Very good indeed. It's been a, a bit of a cause celebre uh, from uh, the production team up in London. As in comes the number three from the pit lane. Uh, uh, into the pit lane. Uh, I reckon, Jeremy, there, that that Faf car, I, I suspect then it's going to be Matt Campbell who's going to qualify, and they're putting the qualifying setup on that car now for him uh, for five five minutes' time uh, for that car. Oh, new set of tyres going on the number three. That's Jordan Taylor in that car, and they are bright and shiny and new and lovely and sticky and ready to go. So I think we are going to see, Jeremy, some quali sims from the GTD pros in the last five, uh, 15 minutes of this session, in about three or four minutes' time. Yeah, and it uh, looks like it's going to be uh, Jordan Taylor, perhaps, again, qualifying that car again. Uh, just some just sort of useless stat department, perhaps. <laughs> but uh, uh, Antonio Garcia uh, is uh, currently tied with Elio Castroneves for the number of consecutive seasons with at least one pole position. Um, in that, that, this, is, this is just in the, in the WeatherTech era, so starting in 2014. Uh, tied, tied with Elio Castroneves on four, uh, but he hasn't yet had a pole position this year, Garcia. Uh, in terms of fastest race laps, though, he in eight consecutive years, every year since 2015, so only on the first year, 14, did he not have one fastest race lap, and he's already uh, set that... that uh, 
extended that streak here this year as well. So a little bit disappointed that Garcia isn't going to be qualifying that car. Maybe he can yeah, to get, get himself in the record book one more time. That's Jeremy Shaw, who is in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre with me, John Heindorf, Friday afternoon. Hello there. Uh, just after oh. four o'clock. Now, now, Jeremy, now yeah. we've got some improvement. Stephen McAleer, stung by you talking about <laughs> being at the bottom of the pile, <laughs> has found a bit of time. Yes, uh, to the top of the pile. Uh, uh, not quite quicker than Matthew Jaminet, but uh, one thousandth of a second quicker than Aiden Reed uh, to be fastest in the GTD cars in car number 32. That's the team caught off Mercedes. Uh, so clearly whatever they were working on first half of the session really has worked uh, and he's taken advantage of a, a good set of tyres there. We're inside two minutes to go now for the GTD non-pro cars in this session and uh, there he goes to right to the top there for Stephen McAleer so great great effort by him of course this is a, a home track for Stephen he's based in uh, upstate New York these days Richard from, from Glasgow is a long way from there but uh, this is probably the closest track to his, to his home uh, his, his current home it's not unlike Knock Hill fairness um, probably um, it's about the same sort of uh, lap distance not quite as up e downy as uh, as Knock Hill uh, I, I tell you what Jeremy if this is <laughs> Tim Gray has rightly just said it's narrower at Knock Hill it really is it's like a country roads great for bikes though PSP was there last couple of weekends brilliant stuff uh, I used to love growing up there the, uh, I, I, I tell you what though Jeremy look how close this is in GTD we'll have one qualifying session all 15 cars out at the same time we could have a real battle for pole position for yeah. overall pole position never mind for the two pole positions in class there's going to be something on here now what we should make the point is that in GTD it has to be a silver or a bronze driver whereas any driver can run in GTD Pro so we probably, and I'm saying probably, should see the GTD Pro cars uh, with slightly quicker times because they should have full pro drivers in there. Uh, but I tell you what, the way some of these uh, guys are driving at the moment, that's not a foregone conclusion either. No, there's some pretty darn good silver-rated silver drivers out there, that is for sure. Uh, and it is, it is super tight right now. I mean, the top uh, 10 cars covered by 0.204 of a second. Uh, the top 12 covered by less than a quarter of a second. I mean, it is re really, really tight out there at the moment. The only three cars that are not within that group are the uh, harder racing team, number 27, Aston Martin, the uh, Ben Barnicot Lexus, and the T BMW M team RLL, car number 25. That car's not done many, many laps in this session. They've only done 20 laps, a lot less than everybody else. But I think we didn't you, you spot... Uh, a fresh set of tyres on that car uh, for these final few minutes. We'll get Shear to have a wander down to BMW Team RLL, splitting their resources uh, and mm. cutting things pretty fine this weekend. They've got half the team uh, building uh, and getting ready to fettle their new GTP runners, uh, the prototypes. They've got their IndyCar team up in up on the streets of Toronto. We'll have the Porsche Carrera Cup North America with uh, visit caymanislands.com race Saturday and Sunday here on uh, imsaradio.com we'll have that in sound and vision for you we have the ability to uh, add 
extra uh, extra channels, but we'll have the video up for you uh, as well. If you go to imsonradio.com, it will all be there for you. Shea Adam uh, is watching some uh, some more suspension changes going on. Uh, teams are taking this uh, this qualifying setup quite quite seriously here. Shea, we don't often see oh, these yeah. changes on pit lane. Nope, nope, and this one is going on in the 14 Lexus, but this is a change of shocks in the rear of the car. And to accomplish that, they have a mechanic sitting in, well, it would kind of be the trunk space where you take out the rear windshield. He's just completely tucked up in there. You could actually put the glass panel back over him and send him out on track uh, for what would be a terrifying ride. But yes, they are trying to get this done so that they can send. Let me just take a quick peek. It is Jack Hawksworth behind the wheel of the 14 Lexus, so I would imagine that he will be doing qualifying for that as well they'll uh, try and get the shock change done and then do their mock quality run shit adam down in the pit lane <laughs> yeah uh lexus rcf uh, family car you can always someone put someone in the boot uh, as the driver sits there impassively nothing he can do right now ben particates is uh, sitting in the car yeah. And he just uh, just had a drive-through, by the way. He was uh, seven k's over the uh, pit lane speed limit uh, just a few minutes ago. So I've got a drive-through penalty uh, for that pit lane speed violation plus seven. Yes, for car number 14. That was um, when was that? Three, three, only three or four minutes ago. Uh, we've had a couple of people. Uh, sorry, Jeremy. We've had a couple of yep. people who've done that, uh, including the the court of racing uh, car. They've had two now. A plus one. And a plus two, but that was after they'd had a warning uh, as well. Uh, and also the... Oh, that must have been another session. That was another session. Yeah, excuse me. So, yeah, so the uh, AMG, the Court of AMG, have had a couple of driving through as well. And Jordan Taylor just messed up the entire timesheet here by going fastest by a full... <laughs> Well, now a, mass, a massive amount, in actual fact. Wow. Point six clear of the field now is Jordan Taylor. 51.101. Have they brought the GTLM car back out here this weekend? Uh, yes. Uh, he's found a shortcut. He's, I've got no clue. But he's, that is, I mean, that's the biggest gap that we've had pretty much between any two positions since the cars ruled out at half past 11 this morning. That's extraordinary. We will we will uh, cogitate on that for a moment as Frankie Montecalvo talks to Shea Adam down in the pit lane. I was just joking with Frankie, talking about the mechanic in the back of the sister car, the 14 car, changing the shocks, and he goes, it's the only way to get to those things. You guys know these cars inside and out after racing them for such a long time, but it seemed like there was some magic found last year in the race. Do you feel like it's translated over this year? Yeah, absolutely. I feel uh, this track in particular was not very strong for us historically, and last year, you know, the, the team really switched it on here and figured these cars out where it's set up wise, and, you know, they're getting them to really work at tracks that aren't really good for us so coming coming here again we had more confidence we had a great pace at Mossport and even Watkins Glen so I feel like we have the cars dialed the team's always been on point there so uh, it's really up to us to have some good luck this time I said we needed some some luck at Mossport we had luck but it wasn't what we needed so we're gonna ask for some good luck this time that was such a heartbreak, Canadian Tire Motorsport Park, lap one, turn one. When you come into a race like Lime Rock, where you only have to worry about cars that are similar to what you're in, is that a, a breath of fresh air, a little bit of relief? 
Yeah, I think uh, you know all the GT guys out here are phenomenal drivers. So when you're out there in the same equipment with uh, with great guys behind the wheel, you could you could trust them a little bit more racing closer. And this place is so tight and hard to pass, so it's going to be really door to door racing here. And not terribly far from home for you too. So a lot of friends and family coming out. Yeah, it's only two and a half hours for me. It depends on the traffic, but uh, two and a half hours if you have a clean run. So it's a nice place where people can come out and you know see what we get to do. Nothing but good luck this weekend, Frankie. Thank you. Always good to hear Frankie Montecalvo and his car just being pushed behind the wall. We're in the last 15 minutes now. Expect to see some time start to come down. Matt Campbell has just put in a 51.3, Jeremy, in the uh, Haggerty driveway. Uh, number nine, the Faf Porsche, underneath the Haggerty Bridge as well as he drops down to the final corner. The, uh, uh, the shadow's just beginning to lengthen a wee bit at this time of day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's what's time now? No, not really yet. It's still uh, still pretty toasty out there. Four o'clock in the afternoon. It's at four ten in the afternoon here. So um, yeah, it's still it's still pretty warm out there. I don't think it's cooled down much. I don't think it's probably going to cool down much for qualifying. But that lap by uh, uh, Jordan Taylor was pretty stunning. Matt Campbell's got got pretty close. Uh, he's got within uh, a tenth and a half uh, to a one. To, what's his best time? Fifty one point two four seven then. For the for the Aussie, but still, that's a long, long way from Jordan from Jordan Taylor, who turned three laps there, who were, they were quicker than anybody else. Uh, at least now, um, he's got only one lap faster than everybody else. But that 51.101, that's a stunning lap for for Jordan. And by the way, the the uh, the uh, GTLM lap record here in qualifying is a 49.1. The race lap record for GTLM, which was set last year by Matthew Jaminet, was a 50.746. Uh, and Jordan Taylor was just at a 51.1 um, in the uh, Corvette. Actually, Matty Campbell's just at a 51.1 as well, 51.151 for Matty Campbell. So he's certainly getting pretty close here. These are pretty impressive lap times. Yes, very impressive indeed. I, need to, I want to talk, I do need to turn my microphone on. You think I would have learned that from down through the years. Uh, the last seven and a half minutes. And just at the moment, listening to the engine noise of Alex Riveras in the heart of racing, Aston Martin V8 Vantage. Comes down the final corner. He's coming in the pits, isn't he? Didn't get on the throttle there at all. Didn't even need to see him pulling across the right-hand side of the road. I was about to see it a bit late on the throttle there, but that was because he was coming in. So, same part of the track for the number 14 then, the Lexus. Jack Hawksworth back in the RCF. Crossed the line for the front-engine V8. And Hart Racing has gone behind the wall. So Alex will not improve. This is fantastic watching these guys right on the ragged edge. Through no name straight and down towards the uphill. He'll take the first right-hander. I'd say those curbs have been flattened a bit uh, through the chicane at the uphill they they used to be quite severe Jeremy but uh, they 
I, I think people are taking more of those now. She says not in my ear. She thinks they're huge. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, suspension technology these days uh, is pretty darn impressive, isn't it? I mean, you, you wouldn't think to take that much curb a few years ago, but uh, nowadays, yeah, it's amazing what these, these uh, cars can, uh, can get away with. So last five minutes or thereabouts. Jack Hawks is up to third, third. fastest descent. Yeah. So the top three now within half a second. We, we're plugging them back. Matt Campbell pulled Jordan Taylor down to half a tenth after Jordan was six and a half tenths ahead, having done his qualifying sim before everybody else. Let's see what that Corvette's got left. Conor De Filippi out in the number 25 BMW M Team RLL. Yeah, another good one coming, Jeremy. Here we go, across yeah. the line. Now, and improves again. Oh, three cars now within a tenth and a half. That'll do nicely. 51-1, 51-1, for the top three. Yeah, and Hawksworth didn't actually improve in his final sector on that lap, so maybe try to get a little bit too much speed into the downhill, uh, conceivably. Uh, but uh, he certainly, you know, it's certainly still a good lap, as you say, a 50 1.2 so we're not too much time to find that i'm 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 uh, frankly a bit surprised to see how fast they're going in these cars this afternoon these are really impressive lap times it, significantly it, faster than last year in ggd anyway. yes yeah exactly so exactly so maybe it was maybe was it hotter and more humid perhaps last year probably was wasn't it it seems an age away, if I'm honest. He comes. Yeah, it does. Hawks with across the line. And does not improve this time. Corvette will be next to the line with yes. George Tiller. Still a 51-3, though, for, for Jack, even though there was no improvement on any of the sectors. So, uh, you know, pretty good. Jordan Taylor's, he, he turned three lap, really quick lap times uh, earlier on. He's back out on the track again now. But that 51-1, that was a good, uh, I think, uh, at least, yeah, three to his neck. The, the lap previous to the 51.101 was a 51.494. So, um, don't think he turned another super fast lap in there. What's the best for Di Filippi? He's uh, on a good lap now. He's going to move Just up. I think he's going to move up the second or third here if he puts the last sector in and he doesn't. Uh, 51.899 against his best of a 51.793. Also just going back out, Matt Campbell for the last three minutes. He'll get easily get a couple of laps in here. That, I mean, that is one advantage, Jeremy. If you, you play the waiting game sitting in the pit lane and you go out with five minutes to go, you'll probably get four flying laps. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, it, it's, it's amazing. You think the session's almost done. Uh, and there's still, as you say, four or five laps uh, more that they can turn if they can, uh, if they if they want to. Time that time, 51-52-0 that was for Di Filippi that time around. Slower in actually all three sectors than, it, than his previous lap. Maddie Campbell uh, improves, it goes fastest. Wow. In the number nine car, 51 .050. For Maddie Campbell in car number nine. Wow. That's a great time. Now, they won't yeah. be able to do, I mean, in qualifying, remember, once the cars pull out of the pit lane 
uh, they cannot touch the cars. When I say they cannot touch the cars, I mean they cannot touch the cars. They can't bleed air out of the tyres. This is in the qualifying session later on this afternoon. They can't bleed air out the tyres. They can't even open the door to give the driver a bit of fresh air. The driver's got to do that himself. So what you get as you pull out, that's what you've got for the whole 15 minutes. So I'm going to be really taking close notice to see who goes when. And for you can come in and park the car up. That's fine. But nobody can touch it. So I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how they, they take this 15-minute session with 15 cars, potentially, Jeremy, on the track. I think tactically, this is probably one of the toughest qualifying sessions we'll see across the season because 15 cars, we don't often see 15 cars in, quote-unquote, a class, particularly not with the, the traffic density in qualifying that we'll have around the 1.7 miles here. And um, um, also the opportunity to do so many laps because it's such a short lap. True, but uh, the opportunity to do so many laps, as you say, but, but uh, the tyre degradation mm. is a factor here. So I don't, think, I don't think we're going to see fast, uh, super fast laps turned by a car that's been out there for the entire session within the last couple of minutes. I'd be really, really surprised to see that. I think it's going to be you know, lap three or four or five um, is going to be the, uh, the the real sweet spot for these tyres. The question, of course, whether you, you you elect to kind of gamble a bit, not not go out into the track until a bit later in the session. That's generally the ploy that uh, the uh, BMW team RLL uh, guys uh, pursue. But is that going to work here? We shall see. Checkered flag to the line for the BMW for Connor Di Filippi and doesn't improve I tell you what they are peppering the late 51s and the early 52s but they are going to are we going to have a 50 second lap Jeremy in qualifying we might you know yeah could, could well do I you know generally speaking we said we tend to go a little bit faster don't we in qualifying than in practice and um yeah, that would be uh, that would be pretty darn impressive. Like I said earlier on, the 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 race lap record for GTLM was a 50.7. Are we going to get near that? The the, the, the we fastest might, lap. Well, you know that's the thing. The the, the 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 race lap record for GTD was set back in 2019 by Maddie Campbell. It was a 52.0. Wow, so, so we're a second quicker than second that. Second ins inside of that, yeah. Um, Trent Hinman's qualifying time was a 51.4, again, well inside of that. Last year's fastest race lap here was a 52.4 for GTD. I think um, just about everybody, yeah, everybody has gone faster than that in this session. Well, very cool session. We'll just see the last couple of cars. In fact, the Corvette peels into the pit lane for Jordan Taylor. He had seen the chequered flag, everybody else uh, in the pit lane. So it's Matt Campbell for Faf Motorsport with a 51.050 just ahead of Jordan Taylor. And when I say just ahead, I mean half a tenth, 0 0.051 of a second uh, in the Corvette. Then Vasa Sullivan makes it three GTD Pro cars in the top three. Then a trio of GTDs. They were off the track for the last 15 minutes, of course. Uh, and that was Stephen McAleer for Mercedes and Team Court of Racing, Rick Ware, uh, Acura NSX, and uh, Ryan Eversley. 
Uh, actually, I think that time that Eversley uh, that wasn't Eversley time, was it? That was Aidan Reid with the yeah. qualifying sim, uh, and then the Carbon. Uh, Lamborghini in third this is going to be a battle royale for the qualifying and the cars from both categories uh, are going to be scrapping it out for pole position for Saturday's race before we leave you let's uh, hear from the fastest team on uh, this afternoon's session Faf Motorsport and here's Mathieu Jaminet with Shea Adam Mathieu, that was a lovely finish to this session where Maddie put in the fastest lap. Did you expect that from the car? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we had a good session. Uh, started on, on working for the race uh, early on, and we were, I think, also P1 with me, and then did a quality shot at the end with Matty, and uh, he confirmed it. So car seems to be running well. Uh, the five guys is, did so far an amazing job on, on, on the setup. So, uh, yeah, let's see. Qualifying and tomorrow counts. So far, we're just the winners of the free practice, so this is not so important. <laughs> we'll see later. Hey, winners of free practice means you can go get an ice cream now. Yeah, they have, I definitely deserve an ice cream. The second will be the second one of the day, and maybe for Maddie, if he's on pole, then he, he will, I will go and buy one for him. <laughs> Thanks, Matthew. Thank you. Well, I wonder if there's a little bit more uh, from that car. Matt Campbell then sounds like he might be on qualifying uh, duties, Jeremy, and, well... What can we say? You're looking forward to qualifying this afternoon? <laughs> oh, yes. I think it's going to be really good fun. Thank you very much indeed <laughs> to Jeremy Shaw, who is in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre with me. John Hindorf, Shadow was down in the pit lane. Don't go too far away from trackside if you're here at uh, Lime Rock Park or from your radio or at least your computer uh, if you're listening further afield. We've got Michelin Challenge qualifying for TCR and GS uh, coming in around about 20 minutes time and then later on this afternoon 5.40 local time it's 11.40 in Europe 10.40 in the UK in sound and vision qualifying for the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship here at Lime Rock Park www.imsradio.com for all of the details speak soon bye-bye this program is a radio show limited production for more check imsradio.com and subscribe to imsradio wherever you get your podcasts